You're listening to the Gordon Damer Show podcast on 98.7 ESPN. All right, back here on the Gordon Damer Show, 98.7 FM, ESPN New York. We are on to our picks for week 14. It's already week 14 in the NFL. Now, some business to take care of before we get to the picks. I have not been on the last couple of Saturdays. Have not made my picks publicly, but I have still made them on the Cover 5 app. And in the time that I have not made my picks on the air, I have to say I've not done a very good job. I have allowed another host on the station to overtake me in the season rankings, and I am beside myself just sick over that fact. Uh, Before the season, uh, as I mentioned before, the station had all the hosts sign up on the Cover 5 app, tracks our picks all throughout the season. And through all throughout the season, uh, I have been leading the way. I've been out in a, I mean, far out in front. And, uh, but unfortunately, my picks the last couple of weeks have been uh, kind of stinky. And Don LaGreca, the Don LaGreca, has come up and has surpassed me. Now, he's not up by a lot, but I can still catch him. But this is still completely unacceptable. Is it the fact that I haven't been on the last couple of weeks? Did that throw me off? Did it mess with something in the, uh, you know, NFL universe? that has compromised the good mojo that I had going all season? Maybe. That's a good point. It's possible. It's also possible I just picked the wrong games. That is also – all these things have been thrown into the hopper. And I guess what I'm saying is mistakes were made, people. Mistakes were made, and we are going to correct that this week. Now, the bad news is that Don um, has overtaken me. The good news is the NFL basically would have to expand to a 50-week season for really any other host to get a sniff. Uh, In case you're wondering, the season ranks are as follows. Don uh, is in 90th place. Now, we have like 1,700 people in the group. Uh, NY22, if you want to join on the Cover 5 app or if you're already joined. Um, Don is in 90th place, which is pretty good out of 1,700. I am 123rd. So, I'm, you know, I'm a little bit back. I got to pick things up clearly. uh, And I've done a terrible job the last two weeks. But I'm on the air this week, so I think things are going to turn around. After that, it's really just a battle for third. Uh, there, there's nobody else that's going to catch Don or myself unless they were to just get insanely hot. And um, through 13 weeks of the season, that has not happened. Uh, after Don and myself, it is uh, Rick Pietro. He's in 339th place. I think the last couple of weeks, Rick has not even made picks. And uh, I think it's actually improved his uh, overall record. Uh, so he's at 339. Dan Grassa is at 425. Michael K in the first of his two entries because he's trying to rig the whole competition. He's uh, 447. He also has the Caster at 534. The big news is Larry Hardesty is making his move now. Granted, Larry has had to come from very far back. He was in the uh, in the thousands at one point. Larry has jumped up, I think, about 300 spots. He is up to 786. So good news is he's made him leap. He still has to be like Bob Beeman to make another leap here. He has to be like Carl Lewis here to make it up. But still, the prog- he's, he's starting to make up the ground. And look, you know, he's at 786. The other guys are not that far away. So uh, very good job by Larry. Dave is also back, way back at the end. He is uh, 791. And then Rosenberg Radio, he is uh, clearly pacing himself for the stretch drive. He is in uh, 1,120th place. So that's where all the radio hosts, and again, as I've said many times, you know, 123rd is not great, but I'm not trying to beat the, uh, the regular entries. I don't, th- that's not my goal. 
I, I'm not looking to beat, you know, Bill's Mafia 69-16. I'm looking to beat the other hosts on the station. That's all I care about is beating the other hosts. So let's get to the picks for week 14. Hit the music. All right. Well, as I said, last week, not a very good week. But I have five more picks this week, and I think this is the week we turn it around. Look, this is going to happen. You know, we started out kind of slow first couple of weeks, and then we got hot. Week three, week four, week five, really started to pick up the ground and uh, really put, put ourselves in a very good position. But these things become more difficult over time. The more uh, information that Vegas has, it's going to make it more difficult to, to figure out these lines. So let's start with uh, the one that I feel most confident about. Last week, as I said, not a very good week, but I did nail... One pick, I mean, perfectly. It went exactly as I thought it would. And that, of course, would be my Miami Dolphins. Dolphins this week out in L.A. to face off against the Chargers. Dolphins are uh, giving uh, are, yeah, giving three, minus three, on the Cover 5 app. And here's the thing. All season, the Dolphins have been riding high. They've had an excellent season up until this point. And I have doubted them every step of the way because I have seen every version of the Dolphins movie. And rooting for the Dolphins is like rooting for Wiley Coyote. You know how it's going to end. It's going to end in failure. It always has. It always will. For 40 years, it always ends in failure. But during this season, you know, some newer fans, some younger fans think that they know everything about the world they've not lived the life that I, they've not been they've not paid the dues that i have paid but they think they know everything and they'll tweet you and they'll send you messages aha see you were wrong see how good they are see how great tua is tua's fantastic tua could be the mvp funny not too many people reaching out after this past week not too many texts not too many tweets in San Francisco, Tua was hearing the footsteps even before the Niners' pass rush really got going. He was inaccurate from the start. He was flustered from the start. High passes pretty much all day. Did start to settle down a little bit in the fourth quarter. But, you know, the other story of that game was their defense was not very good. After knocking out Jimmy Garoppolo, you'd figure, all right, here comes, you know, Mr. Irrelevant Brock Purdy, and they'll feast on him. And they did not feast on him. Could not stop the run. Their defense is not very good. And um, I think this week is just an absolutely critical week. Last week, you can overcome. This week is critical. This week tells you if the Dolphins make the playoffs for sure. They win this week, they're going to the playoffs. If they lose this week, well, then all of a sudden, it was not that long ago that the Dolphins looked like an absolute lock. And it and, and, and it's sitting where they are right now. You think, oh, no, they're in, you, you, Gordon, they're in great shape. They're in great shape. Well, they're the sixth seed right now at 8-4. and four. The Jets are 7-5 and five and clinging right now to that last spot. I don't think the Patriots are very good, but they're 6-6, six and six, still have another game against the Dolphins. And the Chargers are in 6-6. Six and six, And they this is a time of the year where people can get hot and all of a sudden change their fortunes. Last year, it was the Raiders, right? They got hot down the stretch, made the playoffs. This year, it very well could be the Chargers. The Chargers have kind of battled through a lot of things this year. Things, A lot of things have not gone right. And I've seen too many instances this week of, hey, you know, 
all the people that thought that uh, Justin Herbert was the better pick over Tua, I, I don't know. Herbert doesn't look that good. Tua looks great. Uh, that just feels like an omen coming up this week. So I think this is the Dolphins at 8-4. and four, They are not secure. And 8-4 and four could very well be 8-6 and six very quickly. Lose this game. Next week, a trip to Buffalo, which could get ugly. And it was not that long ago. The Dolphins would do this. They'd have a good first half of the season. And then you'd get around December. And it was, you couldn't really tell when it would happen. But at some time in December, all of, a thing, all of a sudden, things would crumble. And if things are going to crumble, this is a week where things... Last week was a little crumble. This week could be a landslide. Now, I'm not talking about the, the points. I'm talking about just in terms of their playoff positioning. They lose this game. That is a critical, critical loss. Give me the Chargers and give me the three points. Game number two. Jets at the Buffalo Bills. Jets plus nine and a half. Well, if the Jets end up missing the playoffs, which I don't think they will, but you, if they did, if you told me right now, no, they're going to miss the play. I think that last week's game is the game you're going to look back and you're just going to, oh, you're just going to be sick. You're, I mean, for all the praise of Mike White, they lost the game. I mean, the point is to win the game, right? And how they lost that game, it just has to make you ill because it was right there. And, it, I mean, you got multiple opportunities to take it. it. It seemed like all the momentum in the second half was on your side. The Vikings just couldn't close. They had opportunities to close and could not do it. Had a big lead early on. Were at home. And here come the Jets. Here comes Mike White. And last week's loss, it took you out of any really conversation about the division. Um, So now it's about making the playoffs. Now, this is a very tough game. And this is the game where I think you find out about Mike White. You know, for all the praise we gave him after the Bears game, Bears stink. Uh, for any praise you want to give them after the Vikings, the Vikings pass defense is not a very good pass defense. The Vikings are not as good as they're ready. I mean, just take a look at the game. Jets should have won the game. Uh, The Bills are legit. You know, in Buffalo, in December, Bills looking for payback. There's no way you can explain that away if Mike White goes out there and has another big performance. So, uh, and I even think, as I said earlier, he could endure a really bad performance and he would still be the starting quarterback in a week. Now, I don't know if the Jets can win the game outright, but I just don't – right now, I don't think the Jets are nine-and-a-half-point underdogs to just about anybody. I don't know if I'd make them nine-and-a-half underdogs against the Chiefs with the way their defense holds them in games. So I would absolutely give me the Jets and give me those points on the road. All right, game number three. I like to, when I can, include the local teams. You know, I don't like to just pick five games. I like to try and include the Jets and the Giants – it makes it something uh, fun for me to watch uh, when I'm watching the Jets and the Giants. Uh, so this week, Eagles at Giants, Giants plus six and a half. Here's the thing. If I had been on last week, I would have said this. Um, it feels like the Giants' luck has kind of run out. Uh, unless Saquon Barkley is just going to go off, and it seems like with the injury, it's hard to see the Giants scoring a ton of points. And you're going to have, even if the defensive line has a ridiculous performance, which is basically what you need for them to do, uh, against Jalen Hurts, I think you're going to have to score some points. And it just, with the lack of talented wide receiver, and you've seen here that the reliance on Saquon, he has kind of worn down. Take a look at his number. Outside of the Houston Texans, who are the worst team in football, look at his numbers the last five weeks, right? It doesn't take a rocket scientist to say, well, who do the Giants have? All right, they got Saquon. Who else do they have? Not a whole lot. 
So just let's focus on Saquon Barkley. Let's take him out of the game as much. Don't let him wreck the game, and we should be able to keep it close. And I think that, um, you know, usually you bet the Giants when they're the underdogs, and I, I like betting the Giants when they're the underdogs, and they're a healthy underdog here, almost a touchdown. Uh, I just don't see how they are going to be able to keep up and also how they're going to be able to keep the Eagles uh, in check so that they're not scoring, you know, high 20s, 30 points. So give me the Eagles on the road. Game number four. Kind of tough to find uh, these last couple of games, but uh, Bengals home for the Browns. Browns plus six. Well, look, here's the thing. Cleveland has had the Bengals number the last couple of years, but the Bengals need this game. This is like no mess around time. After this game, the Bengals' remaining schedule at the Bucks, at the Pats, home for the Bills, home for the Ravens. I mean, there's no real game that you would say, oh, that's a, that's a pushover game. You know, maybe the Pats, if it were at home, you might feel that way. Uh, but not, uh, not at Bucks, not at Pats. So uh, they need this game. And uh, here's the deal. I mean, Deshaun Watson, we kind of wondered how he would look shaking off the rust. Uh, he still needs to shake off the rust, so I think that that might be a little bit of an issue for Cleveland, even despite their running game. So give me the Bengals, who are hot right. I usually don't like the team that was hot from the week before, but give me the Bengals minus the six this week. Uh, all right, so game number five, kind of tough. You know, usually when in doubt, I'll go with the Chiefs. Uh, Chiefs this week are uh, taking on the uh, Broncos in Denver. Uh, I, I mean, just a god-awful Denver team that's averaging, what, 13 points uh, a week, but that one just seems too easy, right? Chiefs coming off a loss against the temp. I mean, how is Denver going to be able to? They can't score points. If you put them at the, they had a series, was it last week, two weeks ago, where they had basically like 12 plays from like the five yard line, and I think they eventually got a, a touchdown. I bet it took them 12 plays. So uh, I'm going to stay away from the Chiefs game. I was looking at the Seahawks. I hate myself for picking this one but my fifth pick bucks at niners bucks plus three and a half i hate i hope i am wrong this is the one i hope i'm wrong about because you can start to see things coming together for tom brady you know the way the way they won that game last week last three weeks of the regular season they get the cardinals the panthers and the falcons they're going to win their division they're going to be um the four seed in the NFC playoffs, they're going to get the Cowboys in the opening round at home. Cowboys in a playoff game on the road against Brady. It never makes you know. You could just. It, I mean, it makes me sick thinking of another playoff run by Tom Brady. I'm sick of it. But if I can benefit off of it, I will do so. I know Brock Purdy was good last week. I got to feel like this week he's going to run into some troubles here against the Bucks defense, and maybe Tom Brady can make just enough plays against the Niners defense, which will probably, I mean, I don't know what the under is, but you got to feel pretty good about what that ever, whatever the under is in this game. But if I can benefit off something that's going to make me sick later, let me get some money out of it in the meantime and give me the Bucks plus the points on the road against the Niners. So those are our week 14 picks in the NFL. 1-800-919-ESPN is the telephone number. 1-800-919-3776. Coming up, we'll get back to your phone calls. Lots to do as we take you up until 7 o'clock tonight. It is the Gordon Damer Show. It is 98.7 FM and the all-new ESPN New York app. You're listening to the Gordon Damer Show podcast on 98.7 ESPN. You know what's a terrible candy? 
And it's actually like a, it's a popular one. My kids have been making a gingerbread houses and they had, you know, you, you, it's a father when you, your kids are doing things and they're doing stuff with food. You got to go in and get a little taste. You know, you got to, whatever they're, they're working on, whatever they're doing, if they're cooking something, they're baking something, you got to go, you got to go grab a little bit, taste it a little bit. So they're working on these gingerbread houses. Twizzlers are the, I mean, there's nothing to them. How are they still in business, the Twizzler people? There's no taste. It's just like a wax rope. How did that get to be as popular as it is? And it's a popular candy. People like Twizzlers. What do you like about Twizzlers? I'm not really a candy guy. There's so many better candies. Starburst, there's some flavor. Those are waxy, but at least there's flavor there. You got a good Skittle. You got all the different kinds of Skittles you can throw out there. I don't know that there's a more overrated candy in the world than Twizzlers. Those are not good. Candy corn. But a candy corn is generally accepted as being awful. And the people that like it, we, we, we look down at them as, as a society. Like there's nobody that would ever tell you, you know, if you went to the movies, right? And, and you said, you know, I'm going to get a little snack for the movie. You get your Raisinets, you get your popcorn, I'm going to get Twizzlers. That would be an acceptable snack. Nobody is going to the movie and saying, you know what, you get your, can- you get your, your Raisinets, you get your popcorn, I'm going to get some candy corn. Candy corn is disgusting by all accounts. The candy corn people, the fact that they are still cranking that stuff out is impressive. They're doing the Lord's work, but the Twizzlers, they're getting a complete pass. They do not, you look at them, you know, oh, they're red, they're going to really, t-, and you, you, you eat one and it's, it's not good. I don't think anybody could defend Twizzlers on that one. I'm not wrong. Most overrated candy is Twizzlers. Fair? Fair. The other thing, and we were talking about this with uh, Larry the other night, a couple of years ago during the NCAA tournament, we did our, our theme song throwdown. We, we put all the, the best TV theme songs into uh, the, the bracket. And we let the people decide what was the best theme song of all time. And, and look, um, I said about the picks, mistakes were made. Mistakes were made by the, by the people, by the public, by the listeners. They screwed it up. They picked The Sopranos. It's not the best theme song of all time. Everybody knows that, but it's a cool show. Everybody likes the show, so they picked The Sopranos. It was a mistake. It was clearly a mistake. We, we screwed that up. Well, we didn't. You guys did. Um, but, uh, you know, we were talking about this Rolling Stone list. They had 100. They put together a list of the best 100 theme songs. And I gave you the list the other day. It's so, I, I see, I keep looking at it. And I'm thinking to myself, these are the Rolling Stone people. They should know. I got the list here. Hold on. So if you didn't hear the other night, their top 10, first off, if you come up with a list of 100 and you get to the top 10, you can't have 11 in the top 10. You can't do it. You can't have a tie in the top 10. If you got 100 spots, you get 100 spots. There's no ties. Knock it off. And they had a tie. Now, granted, they got the number one run. They got that right. But that's an easy one. They got the Jeffersons. That's the best theme song. That's no question. Not, not by our listeners because they picked the Sopranos, and even though the Jeffersons was there, they screwed it up. But Rolling Stone got that part right. But they have a tie at number two. You can't, if you got 100 spots, if you got 50 spots, you can't have a tie. No ties. You're the one. We didn't come to you and say, hey, put together a list of the 100. You came up with the list. So you got to limit it to what you put out there. If we said, if we forced you to come up with a list of 100 and you said, oh, 100, I don't know how I'm going to be able to do this. All right, I got to have one tie. And that's the only tie they had the whole time. It's, it's silly. It's terrible. Their tie at number two was Brady Bunch and Gilligan's Island. Too high. They made a mistake right off the bat. 
Number three, Sanford and Son, which is sensational. Number four was uh, Crazy Ex-Girlfriend. Uh, you, you, guys, have you ever heard of, uh, I, I've heard of the show, but like if I played you the theme song, would you know it off the top of your head? Up until I did the research for this list on Thursday, I right. never heard of it. Never heard of it before in your life. And look, it, it might be an excellent theme song. My wife says it's a, it was a really funny show and it was a musical show and they did a great show. Okay, that's great. You want to put it in the top 100? Fine. It's not fourth. It can't be fourth. T- TV has, has gone on the, more than the last 10 years. Come on. You can't have it fourth. That's ridiculous. Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood, that's a terrible choice there as well. It can't be fifth. I don't mind it being in the top 100. But anybody, there's been this revisionist history. When you were a kid if you, and the TV came on and it was Mr. Rogers, that was the time to take a nap. It was a boring show. I don't know what other way to put it. And the theme song was not that great. It's not fifth. Uh, the Twilight Zone, I love The Twilight Zone. I don't think it's the sixth best uh, theme song. Finally, they got The Fresh Prince in there. That's, that's an appropriate answer. Uh, number eight is Friends. You know, recency bias is going to weigh, I don't think it's eight, but whatever. Uh, and then they had the OC. And then they had a, a theme song for a show that wasn't even a show. Too Many Cooks. It was like a viral video that was like 11 minutes long, and they put that in the top 10. It's ter- terrible list. I'm not, again, guys, I'm not wrong on saying that that's a terrible list. Terrible job done, right? It might be, and, you know, Dan Grasso and I were talking about this on Thursday before the show. Rolling Stone has kind of been a, made a mockery out of, you know, their top 10 lists, but mm-hmm. that might be the worst top yeah, 10 they have, list they have they've done, ever yeah. created. Right. They, and look, they got number one right, and at the end of the day, there's always going to be quibbles that you can have with this one or that one, uh, but that, that, that is, uh, that's egregious. If you come up with a top 10 list that has 11, you, you start over. You, that tells you, okay, we didn't nail it. That's a, that's a rough draft. Maybe it's, it's the second rough draft. I don't know. But there's more work that needs to be done. We have to get the top 10 down to the top 10. You can't have 11. And if you have a theme song, a TV theme song from a show that did not exist, I don't know. I don't make the rules. These are the rules of life. Come on. You can't have a theme song list with a show that was, didn't, never took place. It was a viral video that lasted. It was one time. They didn't do like a series of them. It was one. Terrible job. So maybe before we get out of here at uh, 7 o'clock, I'll give you the, the official list. I mean, there's no other way to put it. There's no other way. I have to fix this. This is, a, this is an outrage. Uh, I have to fix it for our audience who screwed it up when we gave them the chance and uh, Rolling Stone who, who took it and made it worse. Look, at least our audience, I thought we lar- they largely got it right. The fact that Sopranos was still around in the, in the final four of it, it, it felt wrong, but, you know, these things happen. But at least they didn't screw it up to that degree, it, you know. But we'll fix it before we get out of here. All right, let's go back to the phones. 1-800-919-ESPN is the telephone number. 1-800-919-3776. Wilson is in Roxbury. Wilson, next up on the Gordon Damer Show. Hey, Gordon. First things, man, a happy holiday to you and your family. I hope everything Same to you, through. Wilson. Thank you, my friend. All right. Listen, Gordon, I need you to help me out with something because something I don't get. I'm okay, a giant fan for over 40 years. Okay. All right? And, uh, you know, everybody said, you know, all the people that, you know, they know what they're saying. Well, uh, Giants going to suck. I uh, luck if you win six games. All right, I'll buy it. But you know what? At the midway point, you're 7-2. and two. So right. whether it's a Forgazi record or not, you're 7-2. and two. So your expectations have to change and your outlook has to change. So when I hear a lot of fans and even Giants media say, well, you know, if they bomb and they lose like seven of the, the last eight games, well, you know what? Yeah, we're still going to take the pom-poms out and, uh, you know, do, and let's throw a parade. I mean, what are we doing, man? 
But, I mean, what are we doing? How can you call that a successful season? You know, well, I don't know that they'll call it a successful season. I don't know that you can call it a failure of a season uh, if they don't make the playoffs. Because I mean, Wilson, even while it was going on, and they were six and one at seven and two, it always felt too good to be true. Come on. Let me ask something. You, you know what the win total for the Cincinnati Bengals was last year? I think it was like four or five. Seven point five wins. Okay. And they, I'm not going to say that the, the Giants make the going to the Super Bowl, but the fact oh. of the matter is. That you can't have that loser's mentality, man. I mean, how can we say here that it's, that, it's, that it's a successful season when you bomb the last half of the season? Well, because it should have been a bomb of an entire season, right? Like, yeah, the, the no, fact no. that they're losing these games now is not real. Outside of the Lions game, that was one that they yeah. should have uh, been better at. But you kind of, okay. you know, discount that because of the Titan win and, yeah. uh, you know, the, the Packers win was a good win at the time and, and the okay. Ravens win was a good one at the time. So, like, at the end right. of the day, if, if the Giants end up either barely making the playoffs or missing out on the playoffs and they win eight, uh-huh. nine games, uh, okay. I'm not going to look at that as some massive failure because, the, the, I mean, even winning seven or eight games is, uh, is right. not uh, – you've got to kind of give them credit for doing that when they no, had no I, business I do doing give, that. I do give them credit. Uh, uh, I do give them credit, but I just don't like – what I hear that that if you lose set if you, if you lose six of the last seven games, right? Mm-hmm. Be, forget about the Giants. Any other team, right? Any other team, they will call it. Wait a minute, man! You bombed. You bombed at the at the end of the season. You're basically oh no, they will have bombed really? the end of the season, but they're not a very good team. Yeah, yeah look, okay. if they, if they end up not if they only end up winning the the Colts game. Uh, and miss out uh-huh. on the playoffs, it will be a disaster of a second half, no question, because even as a bad team, you should be able to win more than, than one game in the second half of the year. But as the, uh, uh, you know, the season as a whole, this, was o- this always was going to be an evaluation season. So um, I, I think you'll kind of so, so, view it through that prism. But can, I say, can I say one thing about Brian Dable, and maybe I'm wrong, but tell me if I'm wrong. Okay. Is he like a is he like a like a coach that you know at the beginning everything was good because there was no pressure but right now man that is a lot of pressure and the, the and the kitchen is getting hot he's he's coaching like he's so wound up man like he's wound up like a like a tight like a drum uh, and and you can't coach like that am I seeing something that is not there. I don't know about that. Well, look, and Wilson, thanks for the phone call. I will say the Washington game, they played that not to lose. And that was kind of not on brand for what we thought uh, Brian Dable was going to be. You know, when they when they won that game against the Titans, it was not just a great win, but the fact that they went for two and they, they went for the win. And he said, you know, we're going to we're going to play to win. And you're like, oh, boy, there's a new sheriff in town. And and that sheriff. um <laughs> It didn't look like the same sheriff against Washington because they were just kind of finding a way to, to just squeeze out a win there. They were just trying to hold on. They were very conservative. They were playing not to lose. And, and they didn't lose. Uh, they tied the game. But anytime you tie, it feels like a loss. Uh, and that one certainly felt like a loss because that was one of the ones that you were kind of chalking up. When you're drawing up a way to get to nine wins, you're like, okay, let's beat Washington at home. Let's beat the Colts. We're at nine. We should get in. And even if they didn't get in at nine, you'd have to feel good overall uh, about where you're at. Now it makes it the, the road a little bit tougher because now you're going to have to win that game in two weeks. Uh, there, there's no other way around it. It's very hard to envision a way that the Giants can make the playoffs or get to nine wins if they were to lose to Washington 
uh, and then tie Washington here. I don't think you're going to beat the Eagles. I don't think you're going to Minnesota and beating them. Although, you know, Vikings are a little shaky sometimes. I don't know, maybe. Um, but, uh, yeah, the road to nine wins gets a whole lot tougher. And that, that, that tie, while it didn't kill you because it's a tie and it's against the team that you're, you're kind of concerned about, uh, a win there would have put you on the right road and you would have felt a whole lot better about the playoffs uh, if you had been able to get that one. 1-800-919-ESPN is the telephone number coming up. Come uh, some uh, baseball stuff. I still have some stuff to get to with, uh, with Aaron Judge and contracts because it's amazing. As soon as the Yankees got Aaron, before they signed Aaron Judge, it was, man, they got to sign Aaron Judge. They got to sign Aaron. They got to sign Aaron Judge. And then they sign Aaron Judge, and then, of course, the Yankee haters out there, oh, they sign Aaron, whoa, nine years? Oh, boy, that, that contract's not going to age well. So we'll take a look at that coming up. It is the Gordon Damer Show. It is 98.7 FM, ESPN New York.